It's official. It's totally official. Tucker Carlson, in fact, has landed that interview with Vladimir Putin, which is exactly why he is in Moscow, in Russia right now. And we're going to hear from him momentarily, momentarily, because he just came out and he he gave a, a little synopsis of why he's there. And it's important right now only because I'm telling you, you know what? There are a lot of people that don't want him there right now. I mean, it's that bad. He actually made another really big allegation saying that he's being spied upon just like he had been spied upon before. We're going to get to that. Plus, media is going crazy. They're absolutely furious. CNN especially. Well, CNN. CNN ought to stop worrying about what Tucker Carlson's doing and maybe worry about what it's doing because its ratings have gotten so bad. It's so bad over there at CNN that they are yet again trying to shake up the entire morning show so a whole bunch of people are going to be gone. They're restacking the deck. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And by the way, they ought to just put a bunch of robots in at this point because no one has any personality. No one's allowed to have any personality. Thank you very much. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? That's the way they want it. And they're going to forever be in last place. So what? Who cares? We're not watching them anyway. We'll talk about that. And Gina Carano, (laughs) she's teaming up with Elon Musk. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. Boy, I'll tell you, this is personal with him. He doesn't like Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, very much. Remember? Remember? Hey, Drew, can we play? I know we're going to save it for later, but remember this, this little gem? Remember when Elon Musk had a big shout out to Bob Iger at a recent event while on stage. I loved it. Advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go f*** yourself. Is that clear? Uh, I hope it is. (laughs) So that was directed at Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney. Elon Musk does not like him. Gina Carano probably doesn't like him very much, although it was the other Bob, I think, that fired her. We're going to get into all of it because she's, she's going for the jugular and she's got Elon's billions behind her. Welcome to the program, everyone. I am Trish Regan. Good to have you here. We're live like we always are. Good to see so many of you, so many familiar names and faces now, so many of you who have joined the team of Reganites here. Thank you for that. I'm going to get to some of your questions and comments momentarily, but first, a reminder that we're brought to you, as always, in part by our friends over at LegacyPMInvestments.com, Legacy Precious Metals. These are the guys that you need to call. You know Charles. You've met him. He's come on the program a bunch I mean, he, he sent my, he sent my kid a silver coin, right? For Christmas. That was, (laughs) that was the highlight. I I think that like Santa couldn't have even possibly compared with that. Anyway, he's a good guy and his team is good. So if you're interested in investing in gold or silver and you're worried about inflation, give him a ring. 1-866-589-0560. 1-866-589-0560. So we have had some interesting developments in the last 24 hours and it is indeed been confirmed by Tucker. I assumed it was, and we talked about this yesterday, but there's been a new wrinkle, a new development because we do now officially know that the media is going absolutely bonkers. They were doing so in primetime television last night on one cable network. Meanwhile, we know that Tucker is actually concerned about a few things, which we're going to get to. 
because he, he has every right, I think, right now at this particular moment to be worried about some of the things he's worried about. Nonetheless, let's hear from him first about why he went there in the first place. I so wholeheartedly think that it's the right thing to do because you need every single perspective, even from the ones that you don't like. I don't know as he necessarily dislikes Putin, but the point is we need all sides. We have to have all sides, right? Here's Tucker. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and it's depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the U.S. dollar. Well, gosh, you know, I was going to tell you about gold later, but I might as well now. I mean, he he queued it up. The dominance of the U.S. dollar, I don't know if it's going to happen overnight, but... Listen, I'm interested in seeing this interview because he's absolutely right. There's been this shift in the balance of power. We don't have the status that we once had. And we need to, we need to, to reassess, I think, accordingly. And, and this, is, this is the problem. So now we're looking for, what, $60 billion more over there in Ukraine? Wow. Uh, that's, that's what's on display. I mean, you get the president out there in his, in his special tie, his, his pin, and his tie saying, we need this for Ukraine. I mean, it's a very interesting sort of juxtaposition compared to Tucker Carlson there in Moscow. And it's almost as though, was it meant for Tucker? Maybe I'm making too much out of this, but to see Joe Biden today say, here I am in my Ukrainian pin and tie. I want you to see this clip. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been wearing because they're, they're in dire straits right now, defending themselves against a Russian onslaught. A brutal conquest. The clock is ticking. Every week, every month that passes without new aid Ukraine means fewer artillery shells, fewer defense air, air defense systems, fewer tools for Ukraine to defend itself against this Russian onslaught. Just what Putin wants. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's not... It's not plain and pure, as they say, right? Because I think the people have kind of had it. They feel like there's something that they don't know. And when you hear, as we have heard over and over and over again, about the leakage, shall we say, to, to be gentle about it, I guess we could say stealing in Ukraine, of all of our taxpayer dollars going to, well, the guy who's the head of defense, who then gets fired by us, whose deputy also was siphoning off cash, who was fired by the head of defense, who was fired by us. I mean, it goes on and on. And, and you say, wait a second, can't we have some accountability? And people are like, no, 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 you just have to do this blindly. And we're like, wait, what, why? And so again, 
It is so critical. It is essential that we have all sides. You know, the amazing thing about nowadays is that we can get all sides. Here I am talking to you, you talking to me, and we're doing this in a live streaming fashion. Tucker Carlson's out there, started his own network. You have podcast after podcast after podcast. The information is flowing, and that is good. That is positive. Look, I'm a journalist. It's all I ever wanted to be. Well, not technically. I I did actually want to be an opera singer, and then I was a brief... (laughs) had a brief career on Wall Street. So, you know, a few detours along the way, but uh, I did start out when I was about 10 at the local newspaper. I'm a journalist. I want to hear from all sides. And then, thank you very much, I'll make my own decision. And you can make your own decision, but shouldn't you be entitled to see it all and hear it all? You know, in the old days, all of the networks basically had a line into the administration, the administration, a line into the networks. It still happens. It still happens. And so you'll hear from the administration in some way, shape or form and from your bosses. If you're kind of out of line, if they don't like what you're doing, I mean, for goodness sakes, Tucker Carlson got that. Did he not? I mean, think about, think about, what happened over J6? Think about Chuck Schumer being on the floor of the Capitol Hill. Going after him, going pretty darn hard. I mean, when you got a sitting U.S. senator saying, it's kind of a big deal. And the bosses, I don't think they knew what to do. Watch this. Millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. So Chuck Schumer was really mad. They were all mad. Everybody was really, really mad. Well, guess what? They're mad right now. They're mad again. Apparently, according to Tucker, and I'll let him tell you, he tried to get an interview with Putin before. And then all of a sudden, apparently, had his phone tapped. He said it's happening again, that they're doing it again because he's contacting the people in Russia. You know, there's this little thing, the Patriot Act, which means if you ever contact anyone overseas like that, then they have the right to go through all of your stuff. So uh, I guess they know my grocery list for tonight. (laughs) I mean, look, this is what a journalist does, right? You have these contacts overseas, sometimes with places and people that the U.S. government doesn't really love or like. But you're supposed to have some autonomy there and the ability to be able to go out and get the story, but they don't want that. No, 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 you're not allowed. You're not allowed. He said that he, he, he experienced this once before. Let's go back in time a little bit before I show you what he's saying now. Here's Tucker speaking about how they were, they were tapping his cell phone back in 2021. But it's not just political protesters the government is spying on. Yesterday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us at the NSA, the National Security Agency, 
is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take the show off the air. Now, that's a shocking claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen, and in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower, who is in a position to know, repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. So what's interesting about this, this is back in 2021, and you may have seen this at the time. I was like, what is he talking about? Like, is he really? I did not know he was trying to get an interview with Vladimir Putin at that time. I myself, over the years, I mean, I, I've even had, had it drafted into Russian, right, to try and approach the, the people in Russia to, to get. And it's a big interview. It's a big, big deal that he got it. So um, I, there's this little clause that actually his old boss and my old boss put in to the Patriot Act. This guy's like the head lawyer at Fox, or he was. He got some big parachute deal to go away because, well, I don't know. He cost him $787 million with Dominion. Yeah, chief legal officer. Anyway, he put in place or helped draft this Patriot Act. And as a result of this thing, if you are having overseas communications with anyone that the NSA or the U.S. might consider somewhat interesting, right? Which would be, hey, I don't know, Dmitry Peskov, who's the chief press person over in Russia, or, hey, you know, for, for, for me, it could be Venezuela as well as Russia, because I've talked to people overseas there. Like, look, like I said, they know everything I'm eating for dinner tonight, I think. I mean, it's not that exciting. But the point is, he said they were onto him and they knew about the story. And so they got the story killed. They got the story killed. Why? They did not want Tucker Carlson or Fox News sitting down with Vladimir Putin. Think about that. And you know what else? They could get it killed because you had management at the time at Fox that was too scared to do anything. So if you get a call and they say, hey, 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 we are your anchors trying to get over to Russia to see Vladimir Putin and do this interview, and we don't want it to have, happen. And you don't have somebody strong enough to say, hey, guys, go take a hike. Well, guess what happens? The interview doesn't occur. So now the good news for Tucker and, frankly, for, for people that want to hear more is that he doesn't have to abide by those rules. He doesn't have any bosses. And the NSA can tell him we don't want you doing this, but good luck. He's still an American citizen. He's still a journalist. He can get on a plane and go to Russia. If they give him the visa, he's in. And that's exactly what he's doing. But he's also very aware that they're on to him. Watch this quick clip. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. So, I, I don't know if it's technically illegal. I mean, again, I think that our old boss like drafted this thing as part of the Patriot Act. And if you're talking to anyone overseas, 
boom, they can just whoosh in and it's not right. And they shouldn't be able to do it. And that's, you know, I remember people warning. It's what I did a story on years ago. The concern was, all right, you're going to cast a net because you want to go after people that you believe are going to do bad things to the country. And it, this was after 9-11. That's when it went into being. And, and so understandably so, they wanted to be able to get every Tom, Dick, and Harry that they thought could possibly be a problem. But when you write laws like that and you sort of change the, the freedoms that we have in the process, then that's that slippery slope. And that's also the, the issue of, you know, be careful what you ask for, right? Because then it can come back to bite you in other and different kinds of ways and can be used outside of the scope of what it was intentionally designed for or originally designed for. And that may be the actual case. So gosh, you know, Tucker, careful. And um, I'll make sure to cautious on my own grocery list. I'm telling you, this is, this is really wild. The media, meanwhile, is just as angry as potentially anybody who's spying on his text messages. I, I got to tell you, I was a little surprised because I'm going to show you a clip from, from a show with a, a woman that, that I know and have worked with and I know would, would love to have that interview, just like I would. I mean, any journalist would with Vladimir Putin right now. And she's, she's typically, you know, pretty, pretty much a straight shooter and, and she's fair, but you know, she does work for that one network. And I want you to see how she approached this story. And uh, all I can say is jealous much? Watch. Set. A massive shakeup in Kyiv coming as Putin is trying to court the MAGA GOP in the United States. In fact, one of the leaders of the MAGA GOP is in Moscow tonight. It's the man you see here with the MAGA leader, Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson. Possibly there in Moscow to interview Putin. Definitely there as a Putin-supporting celebrity. Just listen to how Russian state media is breathlessly celebrating his visit. Independent journalist Tucker Carlson has flown to Russia from the U.S., via Turkey, to Vinukova Airport. He saw Spartacus Ballet at the Bolshoi Theater, had lunch in a nice restaurant, went for a ride around town, rode the subway. He charged his smartphone via a USB port and connected to a fast and free Wi-Fi internet. He charged his phone. Although they're knowing the details about the fact that it was during USB port may give him reason to think twice about all of this. But look at them talking about him like a celebrity. Everything he does on camera, breathlessly repeated. Now, it is unclear if an interview between Putin and Carlson will take place. But if it does, it gives Putin a chance to sit down with a big supporter. It might be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious, what is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Does he eat dogs? These are fair questions, and the answer to all of them is no. Vladimir Putin didn't do any of that. I'll actually always remember watching that clip. I was standing in Ukraine 48 hours before the war began there. Well, Carlson then stood by Putin consistently all the way through, okay. and that is why so, he can you know, go to my She makes the point that she was in Ukraine at the time, and I'm glad she was. By the way, you know, I'd really like it if Tucker would go to Ukraine too. I want to hear from all sides. Thank you very much. And so for her to actually say, hey, you know what? 
Like we don't, we we shouldn't be hearing from Vladimir Putin. That's kind of dishonest, really. I mean, as a journalist, you want to hear from everyone. Now, maybe she thinks that okay, Tucker can't give Putin the 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 royal, you know what, treatment, right? Like she wants somebody who's going to go in and grill. Here's the thing I'm going to tell you about Tucker. He's smart. Okay, he is smart enough to know every issue that's out there. What we actually wind up seeing, is this going to be a puff piece? I mean, who was the, who was the actor, guys? Remember the guy that went over there and did an interview with him? And it was just, it was nothing, right? Like, it was a total puff piece. It wasn't any good. And it's like, okay, you know, I don't think Tucker's really going to do that because knowing him, he's trying to make news. So it may be all one-sided from Putin's view. It may be entirely that. But even if it is, isn't that okay? Don't you want to hear the one-sided view over there? I mean, we hear Zelensky. We can hear that one-sided view. And then maybe we should hear from some people. I mean, why not hear from everyone? Is that so outrageous? Apparently it is. Apparently it's totally outrageous because, oh, I don't know, a member of Congress, Representative Adam Kinzinger, Kinzinger said Tucker Carlson's a traitor for doing this. He's a traitor for, for, for getting another side of the story. Come on. And then you get another guy, sort of old line conservative, that had a big job in the White House. He was the chief of staff to none other than Dan Quayle. <laughs> I'm talking about Bill Crystal tweeting, perhaps we need a total and complete shutdown of Tucker Carlson re-entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what is going on. <gasps> Because you're not allowed to interview anyone that Biden doesn't sanction. Is that the deal? I love Vivek's response. I played this for you yesterday. That sounds more KGB than KGB. I'm telling you, it's really weird. But again, like the way network television and cable television has always worked is that there's sort of this, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your thing going on between administration and between management and thus the talent. And so Tucker made the point that he tried, he tried to go and interview Vladimir Putin a while back. Somehow somebody kind of important found out it got killed. Well, now he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Now, does he? Look, this is honestly, I think the most interesting development of this particular point in time. I mean, the fact that we're here streaming, you guys are all tuning in. Thank you. It's great to see you again today. This story keeps keeps growing and we've got plenty more to cover as well. But what's critical and what's interesting when you think about it is how this flow of information is now fast and furious and available. When I think back to when I was first at network television and I got a minute 30 to, I'd write the script and then five people would look it over and they'd tear it apart and they'd say, no, you really should use this word or this word feels too loaded or this or that or that. Oh my gosh. Right. Then finally, after a whole day's work, we get a minute 30. Gosh, I've already been on with you for how long? <laughs> We've definitely passed the minute 30 mark. You'd get the minute 30. And then they'd say, we're going to give you nine seconds, nine seconds only for your tag. Don't go 10. Don't go 10. Trust me. I mean, the stress of just being able to speak exactly within nine seconds. Let me tell you, that's a job in and of itself. So you see how tightly wound it is, how scripted it is, how deliberate it is, which is the opposite of what you're seeing right now. Certainly here, 
and certainly over there in Moscow with Tucker. So if information can get out there, what is what is a, a Biden administration to do? I mean, hey, they tell us one thing. Turns out the opposite is true. It's like, oh, what is that? Remember the scene in Seinfeld when, when George Costanza's like, oh, I'll just, I'll be the opposite. Whenever the Biden administration tells you something, you just kind of have to understand that they really mean the opposite. You know, Joe, he's up there in age. He, he, he says the economy is great, but it's not. He says, that's not my son's laptop, but it is. My son didn't do anything wrong. Oh, no. I mean, he just pled guilty to a couple of rather big charges until that whole thing got unwound. Oh, no. You know, that, that coronavirus did not poss- couldn't possibly come from Wuhan, China, where they were actually doing his experiments with this particular virus. Couldn't possibly. And yet it did. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. So the more they sit there and they try and direct the narrative, the more they start to have problems because we have this little thing called the internet and we can actually talk to each other and we can share information. And look, I'm going to tell you this. I mean, first of all, number one, I'm a pretty responsible person and pretty responsible journalist. So what you hear here, yes, it's opinion. It's my opinion. But I don't just throw things out there and, and, you know, see what sticks. I'm not trying to be any kind of shock jock or just try and be sensational. When I tell you that the Biden administration is just flat out wrong when they try and tell you that the economy is great, I got a great chart to prove it, right, Drew? Here's my favorite chart. I get all excited about this thing because take a look at the difference here between Trump and Biden. This is why people feel so miserable right now. They feel miserable because Donald Trump, their income adjusted for inflation was way ahead of where it is right now with Joe Biden. That's adjusted for inflation income, ladies and gentlemen. So no, like you can sit there and tell us, okay, the economy is growing, growing. It, it really hasn't. I don't, think, I don't think we have the GDP chart, but the GDP chart, the overall economic chart would show you that we're basically neck and neck with where Trump was versus Biden now. And what's amazing about that, the fact that we're even neck and neck, you had the bottom fall out from under, right? With March, 2020. Even with that being taken into account, we're still neck and neck. But bottom line, it comes down to this, Biden versus Trump on income. And this says it all, which is why when Biden lies and says that the economy is great, I'm going to call him out. And you know what? I got a heck of a lot of experience covering markets, covering the economy to do so. And I need to be able to do that. And you need to be able to hear me do that. And we need to be able to talk about it. And we should hear all sides. I mean, if he wants to sit there and and lie and and say it's great and incomes are up, except adjusted for inflation, I'll never, I read that in the New York Times like a year ago, incomes are up. And I'm like, have you guys not heard of real wages adjusted for inflation? No, adjusted for inflation, incomes are down, way down. But it's alarming to me that they're trying to control everything so deliberately. And that is a problem. I mean, the good news is we can counter in, in mechanisms like this. Quick reminder to subscribe, to like, to share, to do all those things, to comment. It, it all matters, really and truly. But good for Tucker. Good for Tucker. I'm glad to see this. I don't always agree with Tucker on everything. It's We all know that. Um, When I was on at Fox Business, 
opposite him, not, not exactly a desirable position, right? Um, to be on the redheaded stepchild network. But I will tell you that a lot of times you were totally in sync and there are other times I'm like, what the heck is he doing? So I, I say this, I think from a pretty unbiased place. It is good that this interview is happening. And I, for one, can't wait to watch it. One thing that he did mention in that little clip from Moscow is that he didn't get paid to do this. They didn't accept any money from anyone. They, they're independently funded. They went over there on their own. And so that's all good because there's people who are going to say, oh, you know, he's working as a foreign lobbyist. No, that would be Hunter, <laughs> right? That would be Hunter that works as the foreign lobbyist. Alleged, alleged, alleged. Got to be careful alleged foreign lobbyist. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he was, when you don't register as a foreign lobbyist, but yet you collect all that money from Ukrainian companies like Burisma. I don't know. I don't know. That has got to go somewhere. We need more on that. Um, turning to another big story. The border. The border crisis is a mess. It is an absolute mess. And over and over and over again, the Democrats are trying to tell us that it's the Republicans' problem. I'm sorry. Who's the one that came in there and said it's so mean to put up this border? Who's the one that, that actually is saying we need everybody to come here and we, we, we are the United States for a reason and you know the Statue of Liberty and this, that, and the other? How many times have we... I'm not even going to play it for you because it's sort of old news, but they told us over and over and over and over again, Trump bad, border bad, Let's bring everyone together. Good. All right. So now they got a little problem, just a little tiny problem because, well, you can't do this as easily as they thought. And so now they're trying to jam this darn bill through this bill that includes the border, includes spending for Ukraine. Wow. Israel as well is in there. Listen to Donald Trump speaking with our friends over on Newsmax about this very issue today. Listen. Well, it's hard to believe because I think it probably would mean the end of their career. This is a, uh, a Democrat trap. It's a trap for Republicans that would be so stupid, so foolish to sign a bill like this. This bill can't be signed. And it's not only that, it's massive amounts of money going out of town, as we say, going out of town, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And uh, it's so bad on the border. I've never seen anything like it. Actually, it's one of the worst one of the dumbest bills I've ever seen. I think it's dead, totally dead of the House. I think they have almost unanimous or unanimous support. But I can't imagine anybody wanting to approve this bill. I think he's right. I mean, it's DOA. But here's President Biden trying to convince us why it's good and why this will solve the border crisis somehow. Just give them more money, more money, more money. That's all they need. Stop fentanyl at the southwest border. We have that capacity. An additional 100 additional immigration judges to help reduce the year-long asylum backlog. You show up for asylum, and the judge is supposed to talk to you. It takes a year to get that discussion going. This bill would also establish new, efficient, and fair process for the government to consider an asylum claim for those arriving at the border. Today, the process can take five to seven years, as you all know. They show up at the border, get a bracelet, told them to come back when called five to seven years from now in country. That's too long and it's not rational. With the new policies in this bill and the additional of 4,300 more asylum officers 
who spend hours, I might add, with each immigrant to consider their claims, whether they qualify, will be able to reduce that process to six months, not five to seven years. This bipartisan bill will also expedite work permits so those who are here and who qualify can begin work more quickly. That's something that our governors, our mayors, and our business leaders have been asking me for and asking them for. All across the country, they've been asking for this. They'll also create more opportunities for families to come together for business, to hire additional workers. And for the first time in 30 years, the first time in 30 years, this bipartisan legislation increases the number of immigrant visas for people legally, legally able to come to this country through ports of entry. And it ensures, for the first time, that vulnerable, unaccompanied young children have legal representation at the border. This bill would also give DOA. me as president. The whole thing is DOA. And it's just kind of funny. It's like, hey, buddy, now you tell us? Now you tell us we need all this help at the border. So what was that the last few years? What is it that you campaigned on, for goodness sakes? You told us. You told us you wanted to be able to bring more and more and more people here. You wanted a path to citizenship. How many times have we heard that? Just Kamala Harris, just the other day, saying it again, that we need to have a path to citizenship. What do you think that's going to do? It's like, you know, hey, hey, come and get it. Come and get it. So they come. I mean, understandable. It's human nature. And you know what? Who wouldn't want to live here? I want to live here. Let's keep making America a place where people want to live, but let's actually protect ourselves against the onslaught that we're dealing with right now that economically and physically we cannot handle. And you don't need me to say that. Listen to the New York mayor, Democrat mayor, who's saying, hang on, you know what? This is not something we need to be dealing with in New York. This is ICE. This is federal government. Joe Biden can do this. Why hasn't he? And here's the only area of the law uh, that I think uh, should be examined, and I made it clear. You you repeatedly commit felonies dangerous crimes of you once if you're found guilty you should not be in our city that's what i believe and uh ice can execute warrants ice can have a role here you know they can uh no one is stopping ice from doing their job they have a job to do when you deal with uh, dangerous people such as such as that no one's stopping ice from doing their job So why doesn't ICE do their job? Think about it. I mean, it's a little late. I'm just going to tell you. It's a little late, Joe Biden, in the election year to suddenly be caring about the border. After you didn't care, you didn't care, you didn't care. And when you don't care for that long, you know what? It catches up with you. It catches up with you, buddy. And that's why you get a crisis right now. Take a look at the poll numbers. You see that America does not see him as being able to handle this at all. When it comes to the issue of border security, it's a new NBC News poll out, by the way. Wow. I mean, he just gets whacked on everything. But 57% say Trump can handle the border. Only 22% say Biden can. I mean, that's pretty dramatic. It's really dramatic. Economy, similar numbers over there. Competence. I mean, we're just at the basic floor of competence. Who is competent? 48% say Trump. 32% say Biden. So if I'm Biden, I'm starting to get really Really worried. (laughs) Really worried. More on that in a second. 
because you know they're they're banking on the legal system somehow, some way, and I, I don't think it's going to come through for them. We did get an update on the immunity case that I'll share with you, but first, you know, I, I gotta I gotta play a clip from a wonderful broadcaster, wonderful guy, show Dan Bongino. Do you guys do you like Dan? Do you watch Dan Dan Bongino? We used to work together at Fox, and I. I really have a lot of respect for this man, and he's just a really good guy. And I can't say that that often about people on television in all seriousness, but Dan was very different than most people. Um, And you can kind of count on one hand, right? Like those people that are just real people. He's a real guy um, and and, and a, a helpful guy, a nice person. He's got a great show. And he did an interview with Donald Trump today, I think, in fact, today. This just came in. And Donald Trump, typical Donald, does not hold back. And he challenges Joe Biden, I was going to say to a duel, (laughs) but not a duel, just a debate, just a debate. Watch him here on Dan Bongino's show. Because he can't talk. He can't do anything. He's ruining our country. And I don't think he's going to run. I don't know if it's donors or otherwise. It might be his family. It might be something. I don't think he's going to run. But I'd like to yeah. call for immediately debates. I'd like to debate them now because we should debate. We should debate for the good of the country. So I will officially on your show call. I will. Oh, wow. Also, Look at that. Also said, We're breaking news, Mr. President. Donald J. No, no, Trump calls for debates against uh, Joe Biden. I mean, that's great. So we can break some news here. Problems, Dan, and get him to it. change his ways. But I am officially doing that. I also put out, you probably Fish. noticed, that I'll take his spot at the Super Bowl if they want. We'll get very yes. good ratings. I we love it. Mr. President, I got <laughs> Oh, boy. So, good. So he called for a debate. Dan made the most of it there, made a little bit of news, and the news got picked up. It got picked up so much that Joe Biden, who apparently has swapped out ice cream shops for Bobo tea shops. I just had to look down at my notes to make sure I said that correctly. This is what the kids love nowadays. I know that because I have three of them. Bobo tea. So Biden's hanging out at a Bobo tea, trying to get that younger demographic somehow, some way. Apparently ice cream's not floating right now. And he responds to the challenge of the debate. Take a look. Oh, Donald Trump turn into debate right now. Do you accept? on radio. Did you get that through? What did, what did he, I might actually have to watch that little tail end of it again because I, I couldn't understand him that well there. Let's, can we can we catch it just a little teeny bit again at the end? Oh, Donald Trump turning to debate you right now. Do you accept? <laughs> 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 like on radio. Thanks, guys. Okay, something about he doesn't really want to debate me, too. you know, whatever. So, go back to the tea, buddy. Go back to the tea. Maybe, maybe they get a little caffeine in there. It'll, it'll, it'll perk you up. So at some point, they are going to have to have a debate, and it's going to be epic. It's going to be great. I know it. I know it. I know it. Nikki Haley, in the meantime, you know, she's out there off in the corner saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look I can beat both of them. Can you, Nikki? I mean, the problem is we still have the system. You know, there's two parties. And until that changes, you can have that conversation another day. It's just not really a valid time to have it right now as we're marching towards November. 
And it's pretty clear who the Republican Party is going to choose. I mean, unless you want to run on an independent ticket there, I'm not so sure this is going to happen for you. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty positive, unless something wild occurs. And something wild could occur, right? I mean, heck, you know, we got a legal system that is quite something, and the Democrats are trying to exploit at every single possible turn. News today that the Supreme Court is going to have to hear this immunity case. That the appeals court, where it went first, said, nope, he's not immune, which now means it goes to the Supreme Court. Don't forget, this is the, you know, basically, you know, did, did, he, did he orchestrate some kind of, you know, coup effectively? That's what Jack Smith is trying to get at. And one of the, the things that his lawyers have pointed out is that he's immune because he was the president of the United States. And they actually often go back to, look, look at what I just happened to have here. How do you like this? Constitution of the United States of America. Because, you know, you never know when you're going to need it. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I do. I literally keep it handy at all times. Article 2. And they're, they're saying that somewhere within Article 2 that basically he's got this immunity and other legal scholars, of which I'm not one, you know, I know a lot about the economy, I can interpret law, but I am not, I do not have a JD, but I, I would say in looking at this, I, I'm curious, so they're, they're trying to say, well, because of this Article 2, because of the powers, etc., that he's immune, and that he should have supreme immunity, and they're going to the court and saying, we want to make sure that he does, in fact, have this, and that every president has this, because if you don't have that, then could you be in a situation where people get vindictive and they just go after you, just to go after you? Possible. I mean, that's exactly what happens in Latin America. Every time I turn around, one of the presidents from Brazil is in jail. And then they get out and they become president again. <laughs> I'm talking about Lula. I mean, his, his deputy, his VP, Dilma Rousseff, she also went to jail. So, um, yeah. It happens in a lot of places, including Ukraine, by the way. So we don't want that. Now, do we? So it would probably be a good thing to have some kind of, you know, guaranteed kind of immunity for the president of the United States, at least from these sort of political things. Because if you're going to go after him and say that he started this insurrection on J6, that might be kind of a tough one to prove. I mean, only in that, let's not forget whose footage we saw the entire time, which just happened to be the Speaker of the House's daughter, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexander Pelosi. Alexander was a documentary filmmaker, and she showed up instead of any kind of journalist organization, and then she sold her tape or gave it to them, I don't know, but they called it their exclusive, to CNN. CNN ran it over and over and over and over and over again. It was like, come on, after a while, you totally forgot. I bet you didn't even know it was Alexander Pelosi that shot all that, not CNN. And then they played it in a loop in a kind of mini-series event. I mean, they admitted so much. Regardless of what you think of anything, let's just kind of like, you know, call it as it is. They wanted to create a storyline. So they went out. They've bragged about this. I showed you this the other day, guys, last week. And they hired the former Disney ABC producer, along with, uh, you know, all of them as lawyers. They got together and they said, how can we craft this 
as a story. He's a good storyteller. Let's turn it into a miniseries so that Americans will tune in every single night and then they'll believe this. And so then you get to say like, wait a second. If this becomes sort of our thought process against their thought process and it's politically loaded, then aren't we going to be in a situation where like every U.S. president starts going to jail? Just like what happens in Brazil? I mean, that's my fear that kind of like, you know, the Patriot Act thing, which had good intentions. And then suddenly the next thing you know, poor Tucker Carlson wants to get an interview with Vladimir Putin and they're, uh, they're tapping his phones. Or Trish Regan wants to get an interview with Vladimir Putin and they're reading her grocery list. I mean, this is, this is what you have to worry about. So on the one hand, he's asking for total, complete immunity. Look, I think, you know, if somebody were to see him engaged in a violent act, like you're not immune from that, okay? But in terms of the political style things, this is an interesting legal question. And I say this as a non-legal scholar. I say this as just an observer and as a journalist. I'll be very interested to see how this one shakes out. The Supreme Court is going to take it, but then it also brings up the what? Like he's supposed to, what if he gets elected, ladies and gentlemen? If he gets elected and he's president of the United States, the polls suggest he will, by the way, we'll see. He's up five points compared to Joe Biden in that latest NBC News poll. If he gets elected, he's president of the United States. He goes into the Oval Office and the next thing you know, he's on trial for an insurrection and it's going all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean, wow. Right. Well, actually, he wouldn't. They'd rule. First of all, let me just be clear. They'd rule on the immunity clause and then he'd be back in court with good old Jack Smith. I mean, this could be really messy and this could be really embarrassing. And I would just say this. It shows you how fragile we are when I've said in the past that our government's broken. Oh, boy, I'm not kidding. Like, we're really broken when we're resorting to this kind of stuff. When we're resorting to the hiring of the ABC Disney guy to come in and weave a tale for the American viewership so that they'll believe one side over the other, you know what? That's not good. It's not good. They want to win this information war. But do they have any shot at doing so? You know, maybe if you just have everybody think just like you. So if we just have the entire media in our back pocket and they all think like us and they all spout our narrative, well, then we have state TV and we'll be okay. Except I'll tell you, and by the way, this comes in fact because I have sources in other places, including in Russia. You know what? A lot of people in Russia, they don't believe whatever the government tells them because they know it's state media. And when they know they can't access all information, they don't trust it. Why should they? So when you consider that Tucker Carlson is over in Moscow right now doing this interview and getting, by the way, praised by, interestingly, the Russian people who I think appreciate maybe that there's another narrative out there, well, guess what? I find it amazing that so many journalists, whether it be at CNN or whether it be the Weekly Standard guy or whether it be you know a congressman coming out saying he's a traitor, everybody's coming down hard on him. Did they ever do that, guys, to the... NBC, the NBC journalist who interviewed, it was like a blip, right? You never even heard about it. This, this guy from NBC went and interviewed Putin a year and change ago. Let's see. I think we have a date on this story. There we go. Yep. 2021, actually. So a little ways ago. 
June 2021. Keir Simmons went. But I guess Keir got that, you know, rubber stamp of approval. When Keir was texting back and forth with, with people in Russia or emailing, somehow people here found out about it and they're like, hey, okay, okay, we'll take him, we'll take him. But they're not going to take Tucker. And think about that. Like, why is it? Do you have to be sanctioned by the U.S. government in order to do these interviews? Did the State Department have to, like, brief you first? They were totally fine with Barbara Walters interviewing Vladimir Putin. Look at this clip. 2001, ABC's Barbara Walters, now deceased, creator of The View, incidentally, back in the day when it actually talked about real things, sitting down with Vladimir Putin, 2001 would say that the United States is losing not in the military but in the information. It seems to me that on the information field terrorists are acting more aggressively and more offensively and they are presenting opposition in terms of emotions. As to the military dimension, in our assessment, things happen the way they should. You know, I got the idea to look for that from one of you. I'm looking at your comments right now. One of you guys recommended that. And I was like, that is a great point. And you were making the point that she interviewed Castro in, uh, in Cuba. And, and I, I stumbled across this. And wow, I mean, those are interesting words that he said. Back in 2001, we had a much better relationship with Russia. Don't forget, the very first phone call after 9-11 that Bush took was from this guy. It was Vladimir Putin who wanted to express his condolences. He was the very first world leader. And if you look at that interview, when he warns against how the information war is occurring and happening and that bad people are kind of out in front of that in ways that are not very helpful to the country, he is onto something. Again, I'm not one to restrict speech, but look at what has happened on the left. Look at the extremism that you see over on these platforms like TikTok. I mean, if China wants to get us, that's one good way to do it, right? You destroy the morale and psyche of an entire generation. You, you, you pollute their minds with a lot of stuff that really, I'm telling you, is not healthy. Now, as a believer in that freedom of speech, you know what? You want to say this stuff, I guess it's your right to do so. I'm not going to say it's not. But don't tell me. Don't tell me that I can't believe and think and say what I believe to be true. And that is where we have a breakdown. They do not want to hear from Tucker, from me, from probably you. And that is fundamentally the issue, which is why I go back to make sure you subscribe. I'm glad we're here. I'm thrilled that we have these pockets of opportunities to to talk, to be on a podcast like this, to be streaming like this on YouTube, Thumbs up for that. Live on Rumble, Facebook as well. All of these platforms, Twitter, which are really helpful, instrumental in making sure that we can bring the truth to you today and now. Important stuff. So the Supreme Court is going to hear this immunity case. Stay tuned. Is it a way to get rid of him? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think they're going to be stuck with him whether they like it or not. I mean, that is unless, unless... They come up with some other candidate. More on that in just a second. More on that in just a second. But so long as we're on this theme, right, of government gone wild, government gone wild, government, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty nauseating. 
how big they seem to want to get. I mean, I know Joe's got a big ego and everything, right? A very, very big ego, clearly. But the idea that somehow they can big brother us all, as Tucker talks about in his, his messages being watched and looked at, etc., this is alarming stuff. And, and it's not just confined to that. I mean, we, we, I, I want to play you something. It's, it's important that you hear it because they're trying to go after everything, like just everything, even, even how you do business, you know, as a credit card company. We, we got more coming up on that in a second. But I, I first just want to get to this poll number right now, income versus inflation chart, poll numbers. You've got Obama hinting now at a third term Biden plunging in the polls. Are they really going to be able, are they going to be able to run this guy? I'm not so sure. I'm really not sure. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump income adjusted for inflation. I played this one for you earlier. It's my favorite, favorite chart. I'm sorry. You're going to have to see it a lot (laughs) between now and November, 2024, because when people say, well, I don't understand. Why don't people feel better about the economy? Guess what? It's this, it's this. Because they don't have as much money, duh, in their pocket. Their dollars don't go as far. One of the reasons why. As you think about your dollars not going so far, you might want to look at some things like gold. It helps to, you know, even out the portfolio when you're worried about inflation. And when you do that, give my friends over at Legacy PM Investments a call. Legacy PM Investments, that's their website. You can actually buy gold and silver directly right there. Or you can give them a ring. One eight six six five eight nine zero five six. Are you welcome to use my name? Of course, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt to name drop, right? Or you can tell Charles you've seen him on the show. Uh, again, I, I'm going to go out to some of these comments. For all I know, he's here. <laughs> anyway, good to see uh, all of you in those comments. By the way, Dan, welcome back. David, David as well. Thank you for being here, John as well. Wow, Pat, good good to see all you guys. So one eight six six five eight nine zero five six zero. President Obama, could he do a third term? Well, no, because there's this little thing called, you know, the Constitution that uh, would prevent him from actually doing that. But what if there was another way? What if somehow, some way, he could be in charge, but he doesn't actually physically have to be there? He's talked about this before. Some of you guys have talked about this before and referenced the clip I'm getting to. But if you don't know what this is, you have to see this. I'm telling you, you have to see it because it's kind of eerie, especially when you think about how Michelle Obama these days is waiting in the wings. I want you to look at this clip from a couple years ago. This is Barack Obama sitting down with Steve Colbert on 60 Minutes. I guess that was that was sanctioned media. There you go. And saying something that I guarantee you was not off the cuff was not a mistake and was actually kind of deliberate. Watch. Uh, we missed you. Thank you. These last four years. Did you miss you? Did you ever look at something going on in the news and go, you know what the situation needs? Go Barack Obama. I've said this before. I, 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 uh, people would ask me, knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec- a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was 
doing all the talking and ceremony. Uh, I, I'd be fine with that because I found the work fascinating. Um, I mean, I write about the the, the uh, even in, in my on my worst days, I found puzzling out you know these big complicated difficult issues, especially if you were working with some great people, to be uh, uh, professionally really satisfying. Um, but I, I do not miss uh, having to wear a tie every day. And uh, or there, are there things that you those. like? Are there other aspects of the job? Because we found out from your successor that there's a whole bunch of stuff you don't actually have. Mm, great, great. Okay, uh, that would be really something. That would be pretty surreal. And yet, I don't think it's entirely far fetched that he wouldn't mind being back in charge. He kind of feels like he needs to be back in charge. So long as he can be behind the scenes and somebody else can be doing the job. I mean, I know we've talked about it at times. It sort of feels that way with Joe, right? But I don't know if Joe can even take orders anymore. You know, he's, he's 81, ladies and gentlemen. He's 81 years old. I mean, Joe, he's up there. And so he's, he's, he's struggling as it is. But what if, what if you had Michelle? What if you had your wife, your partner of all these years? What if she was there? And she was able to do the job. Is she interested? Well, interestingly, her biographer recently said that they were actually staging it out, that, that she was doing everything her husband had ever done up to him getting the nomination, that, that all of her community organizing type things and speeches and this, that, awards, all this stuff, it was all very sort of designed to put her in a position where she could run. Now, Maybe their thought process was next time around, or maybe when you look at these numbers, you start saying, maybe it's this time, hon. Maybe it's time. This is our calling. Take a look. NBC News says that if the election were held today, Joe Biden would lose because Donald Trump would beat him by five points. And then when you look at issues like the economy, whew, it's very clear. This is fascinating. 48% say Trump does a good job. 32% say Biden. On the issue of the border, 57 versus 22, and then you got 55 versus 33. Forgive me, I was quoting competence on that first one. 55 versus 33, so the spread differentiation is even more when it comes to the economy. So these are pretty startling numbers, and I'll tell you what's interesting about them is even though Trump is only winning by five points overall, when you look inside the poll and you see these particular issues, it's almost like people are okay with saying, oh, yeah, you know what, yeah. Trump seems more competent, or I think Trump would do a better job on the border, or Trump's better on the economy. They're okay saying that. And then when the pollster says, well, who are you going to vote for? It's a harder, it's a harder thing for them to, to clear, a harder hurdle, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of stigma, shall we say, about being a MAGA person. I mean, forget the fact that 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. No, no, no. You, you can't admit that. It's like social suicide, total social suicide. So as a result of that, you're not getting real numbers, which tells me that if I'm a Democrat right now, I'm even more freaked out than I would be just thinking it's a five-point spread difference because it's actually probably more like 15 or 20. And if that happens, well, you know, you're going to have a hard time, Joe Biden. You're going to have a hard time clinging to that office for sure. Michelle Obama, she's been making the rounds. We saw her recently on a podcast the other day, and I don't think this is a coincidence. I think Michelle 
is getting out there and she's pushing certain button issues to try and resonate. Don't forget the first black president in America just drove home that race issue morning, noon, night to make you feel like you couldn't get ahead if you had a different color skin. And then, and then she also is going in that direction. Watch the things that keep me up because you, you don't have control over them (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you wonder where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter, who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. So that's what keeps her up, the idea that Donald Trump might win and that, you know, people's rights, et cetera, are going to be trampled all over when Donald Trump wins. I mean, that didn't happen before, but hey, like they, 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 you know, if they can sell this, if they can package it up like a little mini series, believe me, they will, they will, because it is all about control. What concerns her is that she's not going to have control, okay? Because it is all control. the things that keep me up because you you don't have control over them Mm -hmm. and you wonder where are people where are we in this you know where are our hearts what's going to happen in this next election i am terrified terrified i sat down um with somebody who's, who's terrified for different reasons and he worries about control as well and that would be the head of the electronics payment coalition we spoke just a short time ago. I, I want to play a, a clip from this. Take a listen. It is government gone wild. Can we say that over and over and over again? Please, come on. Enough already. I mean, we, we've got to get back to our roots, people. We have got to get back to independence, to a smaller, leaner government that's less involved in each of our lives. Speaking of which, we got the perfect story to tell you about today. You know they want to take away all your rewards on your credit cards? Yeah, that's the latest and greatest. How this makes any sense, I do not know. Back in 2010, they did this. You know, I've always been wondering, like, why don't I get any rewards on my debit card? Why do I only get them on my credit cards? Well, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Because back in 2010, our government put in a bill, thank you very much, that actually stripped consumers of the rewards that they would get on their debit cards. And guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, they want to do it again. And this time, they want to do it on your credit cards. Wow, this is crazy. I am so happy to bring to the program today somebody who knows all about this and is pretty fired up about this. This is Richard Hunt. He's chairman of the Electronics Payment Coalition. Richard, welcome to the show. Hey, Trish, thank you. I got to tell you, like, my husband travels a lot for work, and I'm like, okay, at least we got miles. You know, he's gone, and we miss him, but at least we get the miles. So you're telling me I'm not going to have any miles anymore? Washington has gone crazy telling small businesses and large companies what they can and can't do, how to operate their own business. Yeah, it's called the Durban Marshall Bill. It, It goes directly at credit cards. Look, credit cards or something people use many times on a daily basis. Some 250 million Americans have a credit card. It provides them access to, to credit, gives them great convenience at the local store, gives them safety and security. We're the envy of the entire world when it comes to our safety and security of our credit card. And yes, millions of people use their rewards on a daily basis. Yes, 
to fly across the country. 15 million people used their miles last year just to go see loved ones across the country, maybe take a vacation. They also mm. use it at the gas and grocery stores to lower their prices. And the most popular product of all, cash back, Trish. Mm. Thousands of people on a daily basis use their cash back. And here's Congress trying to tell credit cards how they can now process their transactions on a daily basis. And, this and is just nuts. As I understand this, and, and you understand it better, so I'm going to let you outline it. But as I understand it, like if I go to Walmart or Target or whatever, the fees that they charge are going to them instead of... Yeah, so here's the deal. Right now, when you use your credit card, you feel very safe and secure when you use that payment system. It is the most convenient payment we have in the country today. What Durbin Marshall would do would introduce a different way that that card is processed, a less secure way through a company that, guess what, Trish, does not exist today. So Visa and MasterCard and a few other people today who invented the rail system are safe and secure, have invested billions of dollars to make sure the bad guy doesn't get a hold of your personal data. What this would do would tell a new company that they can now come in and be part of the process, although they have no existence today whatsoever. This will hurt the consumer. This will drive less revenue to community banks and to credit unions who use that revenue to make sure all your data is safe okay. and secure. Like, and just, yes, I don't your points it. are gone. Like, why? Yeah. Why? Like, again, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I can understand. I can understand government and some politicians coming in and say, okay, you know, we want to reduce the fees for consumers. But they tried that, right, in 2010. Trust me, they didn't reduce anything because we're still paying through the nose and inflation is what it is, right? So it seems to me that, you know, they just kind of look at it and say, all right, well, you know, that's baked into the price. I guess we can charge $1.50 for that widget instead of the $1.30 because, you know, we're going to save the 20 cents. I don't think the consumer's getting that money back. It sounds like the, the smaller banks are not going to get the money. And, and most of all, I'm just ticked off because I'm going to lose my rewards, Richard. I mean, that that's not good. And look, we've seen this rodeo before, as you mentioned in 2010. They promised consumers would have lower prices. It did not happen. According to the Federal Reserve Board of Richmond, 1%, 1% of consumers got any dollars back whatsoever. And the Congressional Research Service just came out on December 20th and said there is no evidence that the big mega retail, retail stores would give the money back to the consumer. This is just a lose-lose. The only people who win are the big mega retail stores, just like they did on debit card. That's why you don't get any points on your debit card. There was a time prior to 2010, everybody in this country got reward points on their debit card. That went away starting around 2012. Now they want to do this to credit card reward points. We say no. Go to our website. Yeah. We'd love to have everybody help us out, uh, protect our no, they, points. They should. Com, I want to give helpful. a plug for it, just so everybody knows. It's hands off my rewards. Very memorable. Hands off my rewards. Thank you very much. Hands off my rewards.com. I mean, people should go sign up there because you can help. I mean, you're getting names together. You're going to Congress and you're like, hey, this is not going to fly. Now, they're trying, aren't they? They're trying to take this little bill and attach it to anything they can and jam it through. So far. They even try to put it on the National Defense Act. Oh, my gosh. Boy, you know, sometimes I, know. I really hate Washington. <laughs> really, hey, they're sneaky. They're sneaky. It is a government yes. gone wild. It's way too big. You mentioned the Amex was exempt. I mean, good. So far. I guess, you know, good. At least somebody's exempt. But how did right. they get themselves exempt? And by the way, that the rest of the guys need to get exempt as well. Or more importantly, 
this just needs to kind of get squashed by somebody like us right here, right Amen. now, handsoffmyreward.com. Right. Uh, you bet. We've had over a million letters sent to Washington, D.C. We need your help. We need everybody's help. Washington politicians trying to tell American businesses what to do. Not a good formula. No, not a good formula. It never works. It never saves the consumer money. And now you're going to take away the one little perk. This is this is not good. This is not good because prices are high enough already. And now they're going to do the rewards thing. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're with you. I want to encourage all my viewers right now. Go check it out. Handsoffmyrewards.com. I want to thank you for being on the show. Richard Hunt, thank you. Keep, keep up the good work. <laughs> keep trying. You keep bet. Plugging. Thank you. Keep Washington out of our wallets. For sure. <laughs> my thanks to Richard Hunt. Wow. You know, we're just talking about Target and we're talking about Walmart. Did you guys see what happened with Target and Gavin Newsom recently? You know, as we think about all the challenges we face, as we think about safety as an issue, as we think about our own personal safety, about the safety of employees, et cetera. I mean, look, store after store after store is pulling out of San Francisco right now, out of California, many of them, but out of San Francisco, where I used to live, where he used to be the mayor, actually. I mean, stores are like, well, we can't be here. I mean, you've seen it with Whole Foods. You've seen a number of hotels actually just get up and leave. They're willing to just write off the debt and say, well, you know, here are the keys. We we don't want this anymore because this place is too messed up. It's too dangerous. Well, shoplifting is a massive issue. It's a massive issue all over the country, but, you know, kind of acutely, I think, in, in California. Governor Newsom, like, he doesn't think so. Because he's off in la-la land, like literally. And he was at a Target recently where he witnessed a shoplifting. And the cashier, he was stunned. She blamed the governor. She didn't know it was him. She, she, he's like, wait, wait, aren't you going to do something? And she's like, well, I mean, the governor won't let us. Let's take a look at this. This is Gavin Newsom. He's in a Zoom meeting here, and he starts telling this story, and... You know, like, I, I just wish some of these people would get grounded in a little bit more reality. Take a peek. He says, sir, uh, you dropped this. And he comes back, picks it up, and keeps walking out. As we're checking out, the woman says, oh, he's just walking out. He didn't pay for that. I said, well, why didn't you stop him? She goes, oh, the governor. I swear to God, true story. On my mom's grave. The governor lowered the threshold. There's no, there's no, there's no accountability. There's no, I said, that's just not true. And she, I, she got, I said, we have the 10th toughest, $950, the 10th toughest in America. She doesn't even know what I was talking about. By the way, it's the 10th toughest in America. Look it up. No one gives a damn about right. that. And I said, it's just not true. There's still stop. They said, well, we don't stop them because of the governor. And then she goes, she looks at me twice, and then she freaks out. She calls everyone over, wants to take photos. I'm like, no, I'm not taking a photo. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? How are you blaming the governor? And it was, you know, $380 later. And I was like, why am I spending $380? Everyone can walk the hell right out. Not fair. fair. Yeah, why are you spending money when everybody else can just take it? Think about that. Think about that. She blamed you. I think she's right. I think she's absolutely right. And your attitude is, where's your manager? Annoyed that she actually called it for what it is. Look, Gavin Newsom has done a terrible job in California. I can't even imagine him on a national stage. He looks good. He's got the cute kids and the wife and the whole shebang, right? And I I wouldn't be surprised if he's angling to be Michelle Obama's VP, in all seriousness. I could see that one happening. I really could. 
But remember his policy choices, all right? I'm sick of like, who's the nice guy or the nice girl or whatever. You know what? We need people that can get stuff done. We need people that can keep us safe. We need people that can keep the wheels on the bus for our economy. And it's not Gavin Newsom. Even with the cute family in the facade, it's obviously not Gavin Newsom. You know, so long as we're talking about California, Disney is a company that comes to mind. Don, this one's for you, right? Because <laughs> I know how much you love to hate Disney. Talking to one of the viewers, it's good to see all of you back here. I, I do appreciate it. I'm going to talk to you in just a second about some of the, the comments I've seen coming in because we still have to... We still have to think about this VP thing. Kellyanne Conway has said a few different things today. Earlier, she said it was um, it was going to be Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson. And then later, she was on Fox and said that she thinks it's going to be Tim Scott. So <laughs> take your pick. Someone. I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe my woman thing is, is off base. Maybe, maybe women don't really like other women that much and it wouldn't succeed. I just think he's got to close that gap somehow, some way. So curious to see in the comments, who do you think should be the VP? And I'll weigh in with some of what I'm hearing behind the scenes as well. But first, Gina Carano is suing Disney for wrongful termination, and she's got the help and the backing of none other than Elon Musk. How do you like that? So just to back up for a second, Gina Carano was a Disney star. She was supposed to be in Lucasfilm's production, you know, that would be the Star Wars guy. Um, She was supposed to be in George Lucas's production of Mandolian. Am I saying that right? She's like a former, like, serious... MMA fighter and all this stuff. And so she, she had this big part and they took it away from her and they took it away from her. She's alleging because she didn't subscribe to the whole pronoun thing, right? Like, and you can't do that. Apparently if you're a Disney employee, you gotta, you gotta buy into that. And if you don't, well then you are canceled. End of story. This is what Gina says happened to her. She actually went on to Tucker's show to talk about it, and I want you to hear what she's saying. It's, it's not fair, it's not right, but here, in Gina's words. And hashtag trans rights, and I wouldn't put my pronouns in. Like, they kept on it pressuring, and finally, I just said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So she wouldn't put her pronouns on her Twitter account, and she got fired? Listen. Elon Musk has already said anybody that wants to come forward with these kinds of issues that have has been fired, if you've been fired unfairly, unjustly, because you wouldn't subscribe to a certain you know, ideal, ideology that they want you to have, then he's your guy. All right, he's your guy. And so now Gina has announced that she is filing suit against the Disney Corporation. And she's got Elon's backing. So I think this is going to be kind of entertaining to watch. Because, well, it's Elon. And it's a little bit personal. Because don't forget Bob Iger. He's the guy that said no more advertising on Twitter. Forgive me. X. Formerly known as Twitter. Bob's like, okay, we're not going to advertise there anymore. He's like, why are you singling X out? Like, there's plenty of other platforms that you could single out. Why are you singling X out? You're trying to destroy X? Bob, 
Uh, he let him have it. He let him have it at a recent conference. Here he is doing an interview with uh, DealBook and CNBC. Just watch. Advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob. <laughs> here in the audience. Well, well, let me ask you then. Okay, you heard that. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience from Elon. It was directed to Bob Iger, who Gina Carano is now effectively suing. Well, he's the CEO of the company. So she's suing Disney and the Lucasfilm division. She announced this. It's happening in California's federal court, and uh, Elon's backing it because, of course, he's pledged to finance any of these lawsuits from people who say they were discriminated against by their employer because of their statements that they made on social media. She writes in a statement, Gina Carano does, that Disney also defamed her, she alleges, by, quote, mischaracterizing her social media posts and her character resulting in the loss of her agent and her attorney, as well as future employment opportunities. I mean, they really just, they dug in, right? She writes, quote, We rely on our leaders and people in positions of power to be just, cool-headed, and steady-handed, and to be able to listen to all sides of the story, keep the peace, and act justly. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that, Gina. Good luck with that. However, she goes on, quote, Some of us have just been unjustly singled out, harassed, persecuted, and had our livelihoods stripped away because we dared to encourage conversation, asked questions, and refused to go along with the mob. She lost her job, allegedly, over this. Yeah, and there's another interesting plot twist here because the company that wants to be so woke and so special and this, that, and the other, you know, they got the seven dwarfs that are no longer dwarfs, Snow White and the seven dwarfs, but but it's just Snow White now. The remake, well, they 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 managed somehow to single-handedly, just in one easy swoop, totally alienate the dwarf community because it's no longer dwarfs. I mean, they had like seven tall people. <laughs> And, and, you know, all kinds of genders and, you know, gosh, no, I don't know what the pronouns were. Like, you're putting me on the spot now, okay? So Rachel Zegler, who you may or may not know, this is the woman who's going to be Snow White. She was allegedly, per some of the scuttlebutt online, kind of instrumental in some of this don't forget you know she was whining and stuff back when she was in west side story because i don't think she got invited to the big award ceremony etc etc and she started accumulating more and more of a voice and she was all over the pronoun stuff like like you know champion of the pronoun stuff so she started tweeting out a few things let's go to those tweets where she says like this is just the right thing to do you have to choose your pronouns and don't you ever make fun of pronouns you see, I guess that was Gina's fault. She she dared to make fun of the pronouns. And as Rachel says, you don't do that. No, 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 no. You do not do that. Let's watch Gina again. I think, what was it? Beep, bop, boop. I love it. 
statement, hashtag trans rights, and I wouldn't put my pronouns in. Like, they kept on it pressuring, and finally, I just said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So I think ultimately she went with bebop boop or something like that. And she brought on everyone's wrath. And Disney was like, see ya, bye-bye. But not only did they do the see ya, bye-bye thing, but then they kind of used her as an example. And she says, therefore, defamed her by mischaracterizing her. In other words, she just was like, let me ask some questions. So Disney is getting sued here. Let me, let me quote from another, another part of this. Um, Disney bullied Ms. Carano. This is what her lawyer is saying, trying to force her to conform to their views about cultural and political issues. And when that bullying failed, they fired her. <laughs> Punishing employees for their speech on political or social issues is illegal under California law. I love it. I hope she gets a massive payday. You know, they're going to people, oh, they're going to say, well, this is like the, the E. Jean Carroll thing with Reed Hoffman because he's from LinkedIn. He's got lots of money and deep pockets and he find no, you know what? That, that's not this. It's very different. First of all, she's not suing a person. She's suing a corporation. And she's also not suing somebody who's going to possibly be the Republican nominee for president. So it's entirely different. I mean, granted, it, it helps to have a benefactor. But I think this issue cuts really deep, really, really deep with Elon Musk. I mean, one of the reasons he bought X, don't forget, was because he was concerned about people's inability to express their opinions. So she, she really, she, she took it on the chin for this. She was in a whole lot of trouble. Her career has not been able to really succeed. I mean, I, I guess she has a little bit of a space in the conservative media. I know that Ben Shapiro's team, I think they picked her up and she's doing a movie with them, but I'm sure it's nothing compared to where she was heading and the trajectory she was on at Disney. And because she's not willing to say or label herself with pronouns, her career is over. I mean, how is that fair? It's not fair, ladies and gentlemen. So this kind of stuff, I'll tell you, it has to end. All right, do we have any, do we have any ideas on who's going to be the vice president of the United States of America? Thank you very much, or at least topping the ticket with Donald Trump. I, I see so many of you guys, you really like Governor Nome. That's very interesting to me, and I think a good sign. She's a very smart woman, very cool, level-headed whether or not she plays as much on a national stage and also with women, et cetera, these are things that we have to think about. But I think it's fascinating that there's such a, a sort of a surge of support. And I think that's good. I think that's a good sign. You know, I will say this. We get tons and tons of people, which is also a really, really good thing. Yeah, David, you like her too. That's interesting. So many of you guys really like her. I see Tulsi's name a lot too, but don't forget she's a Russian spy, right? Just like, just like, just like Tucker. That killed me. Remember Hillary Clinton actually coming out and saying that Tulsi Gabbard was a Russian spy? I mean, her team planted this story, and then Clinton wouldn't deny it. I mean, the woman is just in our armed services. This is such a miserable, awful, terrible business, is it not? Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I see that one a lot. I mean, I actually, I mean, I know her, and I think she's just a smart cookie, and I think that she would have a lot of mass appeal so I think she's someone to look pretty hard at. I know as well that she works very well with Donald Trump, and that working relationship matters for sure. She's had a lot of loyalty, so those are all issues that come into play. 
Blackburn as well. We've talked about her. She's a grandmother. I think she'd relate well with women. She's already beaten Taylor Swift, heck, in Tennessee. So take a good hard look at her. People are talking about a, a woman out of Alabama. I actually... I mean, look, I could be wrong. Let me, I should watch her some more to kind of get a feel for her. Um, but some people are talking about this woman out of Alabama. Look, I think that the reality is this. You need somebody who's totally comfortable playing second fiddle. So for me anyway, I, look, I think Carrie Lake probably has a bright future and she may be the next senator from Arizona, but I don't think it's going to be Carrie Lake because I, I just think that he's going to see that as, as almost too much, right? Like too much personality for the room. It's why I don't think it's going to be Vivek. I, I, I think Vivek is phenomenal and hey, you know, maybe he could he could have a fantastic cabinet position, but he's got a big political future ahead of him. VP is, is kind of a unique spot, you know, and it, it's not always somebody who goes on to do really tremendous things. Leslie saw Noam yesterday. That's interesting. And what do you think, Leslie? Yes? No? I mean, um, it, it wouldn't. It, it certainly won't be the unknown Alabama girl, Don writes. I, I think you're right. I mean, it, her, the name is getting floated out there. It's probably coming from her team trying to make uh, make it known. She She's sort of an up-and-comer. Katie Britt, I believe is her name. So we should, we should just, you know, check her out. We're doing our vetting process here, are we not? Right? All the Reganites banding together trying to figure this out. I did call Pence in 2016, but that one was pretty easy. I knew. I was like, okay. And I knew him. I had actually um, met him previously, and he had been on my show a bunch in the years prior and, you know, don't forget, he was a former radio host and then became a politician. And I thought with Mike Pence, this is somebody who will easily play the part of second fiddle and will also be able to manage that, that you know, evangelical community that wasn't entirely in at that point. And so because he had such a religious background, that was helpful. And so I'm thinking, like, with the woman, like, maybe that's the same thing. Can he help bridge the gap? Leslie, you, what do you think? I'm, I'm just curious. Lake would be competition. Right, right. Yeah, you, you, Alphonse, it's good to see you again, my friend. Christy, um, that's who, you know, a lot of people are, are thinking might be it. The question is, would she succeed? Would she really succeed with women, like soccer moms, all right? So think of soccer moms. You got to put your head in the space of a soccer mom and think who would they like? I mean, it's why I guess I keep coming back to Sarah because she's just, She's just great. She's kind of like America's sweetheart. I mean, I like Christy a ton, but I, I, I'm sure we'll be fine with anyone because I think when you look at this field and you see all these people, you know they're all great. They're all great and they'll all do a good job. It's just a question of who's going to really help get him, get him the, the actual spot. So yeah, lots of fans of Christy. It's very interesting. I've seen that a lot. David, David, you are an official Reganite. Yes, thank you so much. Um, you Don, you, that cracks me up. So now you guys are trading on the names. You know, you can actually do this. You can go and buy these websites on these sites and they have certain values. And then if they go up in value, you can sell them. Or if they go down, I guess you could sell them too. Well, Don, you are very smart. He bought Trump Gnome as a website. There you go. Uh, so you, you're all in. You got money on the line, mister. Money on the line. Good. To, yeah. Gnome is a big maybe. Leslie said, Sarah, you, you agree with me, right? She'd be fabulous. She really would be. We'll see. We'll see. Good evening, Alex. Good to see you here. Good to see you back. I've seen you over on Twitter before. Again, wonderful to have you all. I, I appreciate you so loyally sticking with this show. And we've, we've grown 
slowly but steadily. And this is this is our chance, right? And and if Don hasn't told you already, make sure you like it, you, you share it, you subscribe, and you hit the bell. All of those things. I will be back with you tomorrow, and we'll keep the conversation going. Thank you so much again, as always.